This is Maine Coast Doc Talk, a podcast bringing you the latest news and stories from Maine's working waterfronts. This podcast is brought to you by the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. I'm your host, Ben Martens. Welcome to the very first episode of Maine Coast Doc Talk. I'm Ben Martens, director of the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association, and we work with people who make a living on the waters of the Gulf of Maine, catching fish, scallops, lobsters, and other delicious seafood. As an organization, we focus on doing a lot of advocacy and outreach on the behalf of small communities and the fishermen that live within them. This means that I get to spend a lot of time talking to people about fish. And one of the things that I found is that people have a deep fondness for this industry, even when they don't know that much about it. This is true even for people who have lived in Maine their entire lives. Yes, even here in the lobster capital of the world, most people couldn't really tell you much about how the fishing industry actually works. This is how we came up with this idea for Maine Coast Dock Talk. We wanted to create a place where we could reintroduce our fishing communities to the world and share their culture, their stories, and their history. We're also going to dig into some of the latest news and share the stories that people are talking about down on the docks in the Gulf of Maine. Our first podcast is an interview with Jerry Cushman, a fisherman out of Port Clyde and one of the founders of our organization. We're really excited that Jerry was willing to be the test subject for our first uh, entire episode, and we're excited to share that with you. First, though, I'm going to sit down with Monique, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that are in the news and what's being talked about down on the docks on coastal Maine. Stay with us. Before we dig into the interview, uh, we're going to take a couple of minutes to introduce ourselves, the organization, and then also talk about some news. So here in the podcasting booth, a.k.a. my office, is Monique Coombs. Uh, she is our seafood program director at the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association and all-around seafood guru. And then we've also got our producer, Emily Tucker, who you might hear in the background yelling at us when we start messing up. Um, so, Monique, do you want to just give a quick introduction about who you are, and then we can uh, kind of dig into it. Thanks, Ben. I think you summed it up pretty nicely. I'm the Seafood Program Director here at Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. Uh, I happen to live in a fishing community, Ors Island, and I'm also married to a commercial fisherman. I have two kids and two golden retrievers, and sometimes I write for National Fishermen or other papers. Uh, and I do a lot of work in Harpswell because I love it, and that's about it. And, you know, I guess I just assumed that I needed no introduction myself, <laughs> but uh, I am the executive director of the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. I have spent uh, almost eight or, nine, eight or nine years at this point working on fishery policy issues throughout New England, uh, and I live in the, the Brunswick area, and we work with fishermen up and down the coast. So we're really excited to be taking some time to focus on the stories that are coming from these coastal communities. I think this is going to be really fun. Uh, this is a, a learning process. So bear with us as we move this project forward and start figuring out our voice in the podcasting world. But I think what we want to do first is... Ben, I have a question. Oh, sure, yeah. Was I supposed to introduce myself or my program? No, no, you're good, I think. Okay. I think we, we nailed it. We can do more stuff later. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk All about right. seafood a couple of more times in the Lots future, of times, I think. Yeah. I would imagine. People love seafood. They do. Uh, People love me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Your husband does. Uh, Thanks, Ben. But so I think that... What we want to do is open up with a little bit of news, stuff that's happening, so that people can stay uh, uh, 
in the know of what's happening in the fisheries world in Maine and elsewhere. So the biggest fisheries news story that's come out in the past couple of weeks, and actually probably in the past few years, is that one of the largest fishermen uh, business owners in New England was arrested last Friday uh, when he was caught falsifying reports to the federal government and then uh, lying about it to the IRS and many other people. Uh, it, was, it was huge news when it broke. It's, it's going to be sending shockwaves throughout the industry. But more importantly, uh, there's a lot of, of interesting articles that came out that really focused on the arrest. There are one or two, though, that focused on what this actually did to the industry while he was breaking the law. So this fisherman would go out and he'd say that he caught one type of fish when he was actually catching and landing another type of fish. And all of that data goes into the scientific process to set our catch limits. And so it's really interesting thinking back and looking back at some of the problems that we've had in our stock assessments the fishermen are having on the water where it doesn't line up with what they're seeing and what the scientists are saying exists. And I don't know the extent to which this might impact that. I think we'll learn more about it in the future. But that was one of the more interesting takes on this news story was what were the ramifications for his, his impact on the science and then all the other fishermen who have actually been fishing honestly over the past five years while he's been going out there and, and kind of uh, working, working under, under his own set of rules. I think it'll be interesting to see how much his rule breaking impacted the industry. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and so did you see anything interesting in the news this past week? Well, seafood's in the news lots, Ben, because it's awesome and it's very good for you. It does seem like these days there's new information about seafood every day, um, whether it's mercury content or, or whether or not it's good for your heart. And I think the bottom line is we can all agree that you should be eating lots of seafood um, especially from Maine, because it is so good for you. The I saw, an, um, I'm not sure if it was an opinion piece, it was in the New York Times, I'm not sure which location, um, and it was about herring in San Francisco. I guess they land a lot of herring mm -hmm. in that yep. area, but uh, it's very difficult to find in restaurants and for purchase for eating for consumers. And uh, the article talks about how people should be asking for it more, and it made me think that, you know, it's very difficult to tell people to only eat one type of species. Where fishermen fish for a variety of different types of species, we should be thinking about having a, a diverse diet in se terms of seafood um, as well, not just one or the other. Whether it's forage fish or small fish or this species or underutilized species, it's really just important to look to the fishermen to hear what they're catching and, and be willing to try a, a number of different types of, of fish. Yeah, I think that that's that's really interesting and kind of to, to tie it back into Maine yep. is we've got a huge herring fishery yep. in our state and almost all of the herring being caught in the Gulf of Maine is being turned into bait for the lobster fishery. Yeah, which is also important though. It's very important. Yep. But, you know, we used to have a huge canning industry. We used to have a sardine industry. There used to be smoked fish. Uh, and, and so at some point, I, I think that we're as a state and as a region going to have to have a real conversation about, you know, is there a value to finding and using these things as food as well as bait? Yeah, I agree. I think the other thing that really stinks, though, is people have just gotten, sorry, people, but boring. You know, herring has a strong taste. Sardines have a strong taste. Um, you know, and people don't necessarily love that as much as something that's sort of simple like haddock. It, it's important to, to be willing to try things and be open to new flavors. 
Yeah, I think that that's, that's right on. And uh, yeah, so thanks. That's a great article. I, I think that that's Thanks, awesome. Ben. I thought so too. Yeah. No, no problem. Next up, I'll be interviewing Jerry Cushman, a fifth generation fisherman out of Port Clyde, Maine. He was willing to sit down with me in his kitchen over a glass of whiskey and chat about some of the ways that the fishing industry has shaped his life. I'm Jerry Cushman. Um, I'm a lobster fisherman, um, but I've done multiple commercial fisheries. And um, I live in Port Clive, a small fishing village off the coast of the state of Maine. And what do you spend today doing? Today, I was out lobstering. How often do you have to go out lobstering? Um, weather permitting, uh, just about every day. Uh, we're not allowed to go on Sundays um, from June until August. So you went lobstering today. Uh, what did your brothers do today? Um, two of my other brothers went lobstering. My third brother, who goes ground fishing, um, <clears throat> I don't know if he put ice aboard to get ready for his next trip or not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not aware of what he did today. I didn't check in. And uh, what'd your dad do? My dad was a uh, commercial fisherman. Um, he went lobstering, scalloping, shrimping, um, and uh, he also went uh, seining. And uh, and the lady, he also was a boat builder. He learned from uh, Calvin Beal off Jonesport how to build boats. So there's a little fishing in your family then? Yeah, I'm five generations. Five generations of fishing? Yes. And living in Port Clyde? Yes. That's, that's a long time. And, and so who from your family has been um, you know, fishing, and what kind of fishing did they, they do as you were growing up? Well, I mean... <clears throat> today it's um you know it's a, it's it's much different um if you can only get a license to go lobstering um if you're just up and coming um to get into ground fishing you have to buy into it and uh, the difference is growing up um my family did different things at different seasons in the, in the winter time they went scalloping and they went you know and they went shrimping in, in the spring, they went seining, and in the summer and early fall, they went lobstering. There was always diversification in, in my family's fishery. And so I think that that kind of circles back to what I want to talk to you about today, which is, so you are the president of the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association, uh, which is the organization that I work for, and so that means that you're kind of like one-ninth of my boss. Um, so I think we probably need to get that on the table. But... I want to talk to you about the founding of our organization and kind of why we exist and what we're doing and why you put so much time and energy into this this little organization that we have. Well, that's a big question. Is there, can you narrow it down to one step at a time? Yeah, no, all right. Let's, and, let's and narrow it down to one step at a time. So why did you guys, as fishermen out of Port Clyde, start the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association? Well, I was just thinking, and I asked you what year it started. Um, in 2006, um, this woman, Jen Leven, um, who worked for uh, Gulf of Maine Research, stopped by with these charts. I can't remember, because it was nine years ago, what it was about. And at that time, nobody b belonged to association. A few of... Um, um, the fishermen did belong to Associated Fisheries of Maine, but had left for different reasons. 
Um, and Jen said, you guys ever thought about in Port Clyde, you're the last fishing village east, thought about, you know, getting together and forming our own little group to get your ideas across. And I stewed about that for about two weeks. I saw some fishermen down at the dock. Then we was over the cold storage um, selling fish. And I asked everybody to meet over the town office in St. George, um, which is five miles up the road. And we had a group meeting. And back then there was probably 15 active fishermen going. And we met. And I said, why don't we form our own group and try to get our ideas across to the council versus going along with everybody else's ideas. So you had a, a bunch of fishermen that showed up at that day and kind of kicked things off. And, you know, there, over the period of time, there's been the Island Institute coming in and helping. Uh, there's been other entities that have, that have also helped out. And we're at this point now where we're a standalone organization. You are still the president, and you've been putting in a lot of time and energy why, while you've got your own lobster business and everything else going on in your life, why are you putting in the time and energy, um, and why are you making this a priority? Um, because of my heritage. I mean, this is this is what my family's always done. Um, I don't know if my son will do it, but not just for my family, uh, for the community. I, I'd like to have fishing be... Um, a strong part of the community, a strong, you know, asset to the community as far as um, um, money goes and stuff like that. Um, and I just think it's important to have that small town fishing village, um, that 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 place you can go to watch fishermen do something they've been doing for hundreds of years. And Port Clyde is definitely that type of active fishing village you come down here and you go along the docks and there's still a, a very active chunk of fishermen both for lobstering and, and ground fishing and a number of other things while I was uh, waiting on you I was meeting with another guy Donald Paulson who's fixing up his boat um, and whatnot I guess what you know Donald is fixing up his boat because he wants to try and sell it because of the place that he's at in, in his business and his life where do you see other fishermen and what are they trying to do and, and how does that kind of fit in with the work that we're trying to accomplish as an organization? Well, you know, Donnie's making a business decision. He's been out, you know, we, we, we've had to make a lot of sacrifices and with sacrifices, um, you know, people leave, leave get out of businesses. Um, get, and this is one in general. But with sacrifices, hopefully down the road there's rewards, and I'm hoping in the near future, I'm already starting to see a rebound in fish, and I think when fish come back, we'll get fishermen, and and so right now we're not in a great place, but for the future, I hope we're in a better place. I think that's kind of a, a really interesting thing to, to think about is the hardship that we are going through as, as an industry right now, especially in, in Maine. You said that Port Clyde's the, the furthest down east active port. Since you had that first meeting, we've gone from having 15 active guys to this year. I think we had three fishermen out of Port Clyde that have actually gone in and caught ground fish, one of them being your brother. Um, and so you, though, kind of have this unique perspective of being able to look at this industry from the outside a little bit 
and you're always talking to fishermen who are in the shrimp fishery, in the lobster industry, in the ground fish, in scallops. Um, We often hear a lot of sad and, and bad news. What do you see in terms of hope? What's the future look like? And why, why do you think that this is something that we want to be fighting for and that there's, there is a positive future out there for it? Um, well, and yeah, there is a lot of bad news, and, and there's been a lot of bad news. And at some point, things got to change, or you hope they do. I mean, they could possibly say bad forever, but like I said, um, I am in high hopes that things are changing and I'm seeing things change and I'm talking to different fishermen and they're seeing things change. We're seeing a lot of juvenile fish um, and a lot less effort and fishermen fishing smarter with a lot lot less bycatch and I think we're in a fishery with, with sectors that's going to help preserve fish in the future and bring back fish. There are a few things we still got to tweak to get it right, but we're getting there. Jerry, I, th- I think that that's a, a pretty good spot to end um, on that idea of where we're going and, and how we're going to be getting there on, on that part of the discussion. Um, I, I do think that I really want to thank you for all the time and energy you've been putting into the organization and to, to getting us out there. And I guess I want to end with a question of where do you hope our organization is? You know, we're approaching the 10-year mark of, of Maine Coast Fishermen's Association existing. Where would you like to see us in 10 years? In 10 years, I'd like to see us um, with an abundance of fish. And we're, we're all trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do with all these fish. Um, and what are we going to do with all these fishermen? That you know, um, something completely opposite than what I've been dealing with in the last ten years. Um, but um, I'm hoping in ten years some younger guys are going, come up and coming. And uh, in ten years, I think we're going to be in a good place. To be honest with you, a lot of people would doubt me, but I think in ten years, I think we're going to be in a good place with groundfish. So, Monique, you got to hear the interview that I did with Jerry a couple weeks back up in Port Clyde. What do you think of it? Did you have any reactions or thoughts? I liked it very much. I liked what Jerry said about living in Port Clyde and being a fifth-generation fisherman. It's very similar to a lot of the community in Harpswell. There's a lot of families that have been fishing for generations, and it's a strong fishing community. So I connected with that. So now your your husband's a fisherman, as we said earlier, and then you've got some kids growing up. Would you ever see your kids becoming fishermen? Is that something that's maybe in their future? You know, I'm not sure. They both love to go fishing for mackerel off the wharf, um, and they love being on the water, but they haven't had a lot of experience fishing with Herman, um, you know, for traps or, or even going out tuna fishing with us. I'm hoping that they start to connect a little bit more as they get older. Um, but they have so many other things that they've got going on, although I think it'll be a piece of their lives forever. Yeah, well, and, you know, just getting back to the, the interview with Jerry, I'm, I love Jerry a ton. I love that family. There's a lot of great, great characters in that family, and some of the future podcasts will be interviewing some of his brothers and other family members. But... 
Jerry's just such a hard worker, and he's not only a hard worker on the his fishing business, but because of the other work that he does with these associations, it's just really amazing how much how much he gives back. Um, and I, I've just been really, we've been blessed to be able to work with him as an organization, but it's just the the never stopping, the engine that is Jerry Cushman is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, and I actually, I think that's common with a lot of different kinds of fishermen. Um, even just this morning when I went down to visit my husband, he was working with a friend of his and they're currently building 500 traps. It's 250 for each of them. Um, I think there's a lot of fishermen um, that spend that time and thought and appreciation and passion for their industry and their work, whether it's working on their boat, building traps, fixing things, participating in the industry in some capacity, it's very important. Well, perfect. Well, I think that should wrap us up for today. Um, I just want to thank Jerry for uh, taking the time to interview with us uh, a couple weeks back up in Port Clyde. I sat down with him uh, in, his, in his house, and that was really gracious of him. And so uh, we can, we've got a couple more of these that are going to be coming up. Uh, please go back to our website, and you can find the next episode that's going to be coming in a few weeks up there. You can check us out on Facebook and also on the Twitter. We're at Maine Coast Fish A-S-S-N, the Maine Coast Fish Assassin on Twitter. So you can follow us there. Uh, and uh, thanks for joining us. Today's episode was produced by Emily Tucker and myself. Special thanks to Monique Coombs and Jerry Cushman. Maine Coast Doc Talk is a product of the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association.